Welcome to Apologetics with Brian O'Connell, where in each episode I answer difficult questions that confront Christianity. In today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion on the topic of origins and asking the question, how did we get here? This is a simple yet profound question of origins that every pensive being has asked themselves. In our world, there's an intellectual war being waged over this very question. We saw in our last episode that the two sides that make up this conflict are the evolutionists and the creationists. The evolutionist claims that there is no God and that life and our universe are a result of natural processes that have evolved over billions of years from simple organisms into complex organisms. On the other side of this intellectual war are the creationists, or the intelligent design proponents that believe that life and the universe is the result of an intelligence. One of the major objections that evolutionists have against intelligent design is that they claim that all intelligent design proponents are simply trying to insert religion into science. To the evolutionist, evolution is real science that deals with facts, whereas intelligent design is religion that deals with faith in fairy tales. Although many scientists that embrace intelligent design are religious, not all of them are. Of those scientists that are religious, they don't all share the same faith. However, from this point on in this episode, whenever intelligent design is being mentioned, it will be from the view that the intelligence behind all life is the God of the Christian Bible. If you're an adult, you've probably heard someone claim that there is no God, science has proved this fact, or that the universe and matter are all that exist. These two statements are common claims that are made by evolutionary scientists and evolutionary proponents. However, as we saw in our last episode, not only has science not disproved the existence of God, but science seems to point to God's existence. I want to pick up where we left off in our last episode and continue looking at different fields of science. In looking at these different fields, you will see that science does not support the evolutionary claim that life is a result of natural processes over billions of years. Not only that, but through this and upcoming episodes, you will see that science reveals the high probability of an intelligent creator. Although there are many fields of science that I could discuss in order to provide support for intelligent design, and therefore for a creator, the fields that I'm going to discuss over the next couple of episodes are philosophy, physics, biology, earth science, mathematics and probability, and astronomy. Through these select fields, I will show you that the burden of proof for the origin of life and the universe clearly lies on the evolutionist and not the creationist. In today's episode, I want to briefly address the field of philosophy. Over 300 years ago, and after years of philosophical contemplation, the French philosopher René Descartes concluded in his work Discourse on Method, Cogito Ergo Sum, which translated from Latin into English, declares, I think, therefore I am. 
These simple words convey such a profound reality that if you are thinking, you must be in existence. Said in the negative, one cannot think if one does not exist. Descartes' philosophical approach to his own personal existence can likewise be applied to the existence of life on earth and the existence of the universe. For example, as I mentioned in the last episode, Norman Geisler and Frank Turek make the point that if there is no God, we must attempt to explain why there is something at all rather than nothing. In light of the evidence, we are left with only two options. Either no one created something out of nothing, or else someone created something out of nothing. They further point out that if you can't believe that nothing caused something, then you don't have enough faith to be an atheist. The most reasonable view is God. It's argued by evolutionists that people who believe in intelligent design do so solely out of faith. However, as the quote that I just read to you shows, it takes more faith to believe that something came from nothing without the assistance of an outside source. The intelligent design argument provides the most logical claim for the cause of the universe. In fact, the Christian apologist and philosopher, Dr. William Lane Craig, in his book Reasonable Faith, uses syllogism to make this point. Dr. Craig's argument follows three simple points. First, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Second, the universe began to exist. Third, therefore, the universe must have a cause. In his book Exploring the Evidence for Creation, Dr. Henry Morris, in discussing cause and effect, writes that the most certain and universal of all scientific principles is that of causality, or the law of cause and effect. Dr. Morris says that when we try to trace an event to its first cause or causes, we find that we never seem to reach a stopping point. The cause of the event was itself caused by a prior cause, which was affected by a previous cause, and so on. Using logic, it's clear that there is only one conclusion. Dr. Morris writes that rationally, it can be concluded that all things began with a single uncaused first cause, the God who is above all and existed before all other causes. Evolutionists cannot answer this dilemma. And because the answer given by intelligent design proponents points to a creator, evolutionists reject it. The answer conflicts with their philosophical worldview. There cannot be a creator. Sadly, some scientists don't even recognize that their own arguments prove to be more problematic than the claim of the intelligent design proponent that God exists. For example, astrophysicists John Barrow and Frank Tipler, in their book The Anthropic Cosmological Principle, talk about a concept called the Final Anthropic Principle, or FAP. Their belief is that all life, past, present, 
and future will continue to evolve until it reaches what they call an omega point. According to Barrow and Tipler, it's at this point that there is an entity that has the same attributes as the God of the Bible, with omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience, as well as the ability to create things in the past. Not only that, but they write that when God is thus fully constructed, his power will be such that he can create the entire universe with all of its characteristics of design billions of years ago. According to Barrow and Tipler, there is no God. However, the universe and all of life will continue to evolve until it becomes the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent creator of the cosmos who created everything billions of years ago. I hope you can see that there is a huge problem with this supposed scientific view. One of the many problems for Barrow and Tipler is that if their God were to exist in the future, as they claim, and if he is able to then create in the past, as they claim, then aren't they now at risk of denying the very God that they have claimed exists? According to these men, God will eventually exist and be able to create in the past. So God is going to exist in the future, but be able to create in the past. But if this is the case, then it opens up the possibility that their God has already created things in the past, which would be today. Now, your head might be spinning with what I just said, or you might be tempted to claim that this theory doesn't really represent mainstream science. You might be thinking that other scientists have better, more scientific explanations for how life came into existence. But sadly, even the most prominent scientists fail to give an adequate explanation for how life began. For example, probably one of the most well-known evolutionists alive today is Dr. Richard Dawkins. Dr. Dawkins has been very outspoken about his atheism and his utter disdain for the belief in the God of the Bible. However, in the 2008 film Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed, Ben Stein interviewed Richard Dawkins and asked him where life came from. If you haven't already done so, I highly recommend this documentary. It's very well done and shows how the world of academia has attempted to silence scientists that hold to the belief in intelligent design. Now, as I was saying, at one point in the film, Ben Stein interviewed Richard Dawkins and asked him where life came from. Reluctantly, Richard Dawkins had to confess that he didn't have an answer to the question and said, no one knows how life began or how it got started. After further questioning by Ben Stein, Richard Dawkins then claimed that life on Earth may be the result of an intelligent civilization from somewhere in the universe and from an ancient past. It was that civilization, according to Dawkins, that designed a form of life that eventually came to Earth. Now, if you're tempted to think that this couldn't possibly be true, or that I've somehow taken his words out of context, 
I would encourage you to watch the full documentary. If you have a busy schedule and don't have time to watch this film, you should at least watch the short interview, which is only about two minutes long. For those of you that are interested in this, I've uploaded this interview on my website, brianoconnell.org. Besides these comments that I've just mentioned, Richard Dawkins goes on to say that in different fields of science, such as biochemistry and molecular biology, that we may find a signature to a designer. In fact, in his book, The Blind Watchmaker, Richard Dawkins writes that biology is the study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. Did you catch that? He's admitting that everything looks designed and that he's ignoring the evidence. This is another clear example of how evolutionists will come up with theories based on emotion and not logic. Theories based on desire and not facts. It's clear that evolutionists don't want to acknowledge the God of the Bible. Their issue isn't that there's insufficient evidence for a creator. Rather, their conflict is that the evidence is actually pointing to a creator, which they fear means the God of the Bible. Dr. Hugh Ross points out in his book, The Creator in the Cosmos, that the desire to keep God out of the picture was no hidden agenda, but a clearly expressed one. Dr. Ross quotes British cosmologist Sir Arthur Eddington, who said, Philosophically, the notion of a beginning of the present order of nature is repugnant. I should like to find a genuine loophole. In other words, Sir Arthur Eddington is admitting that the evidence is clearly pointing to our universe resulting from a first cause or a creator. This is repugnant for Eddington and other evolutionists. As Eddington has pointed out, this is a philosophical issue, a conflict over worldviews. Their conflict is not due to a lack of scientific evidence. I've already shown in this and in our last episode that the evidence for a creator is clear. Their conflict is due to ignoring the evidence and trying to ignore God, who has made himself known to them through his creation. In fact, as I bring this episode to a close, let me remind you of what God tells us through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. In these verses, we read that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. These verses are making it clear that God has revealed Himself to us through His creation. And that's exactly what we've seen in these past couple of episodes. Now, 
You may still think that there's evidence in other fields of science that support the theory of evolution. However, we will see in the next couple of episodes that scientific support for evolution simply does not exist. Not only that, but we will continue to see that science has not disproved God. Science is actually making his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature known to us. Just look through the telescope, the microscope, or simply observe the beauty and complexity of life in this world. If you still deny the existence of an intelligent creator, then you are rejecting what science is showing. And you are putting your faith in something that is not supported by science. So ask yourself, do you really have enough faith to be an atheist? That's all the time that we have for today. Come back next time as we look at other fields of science to see how they point to a creator. God bless.